What it is, what it do. You tune in to the Jose Morales podcast. I'm your host, Jose Morales, and we're back in the ring with a special guest, my man, David Pena. Yes, sir. But I call him DP. I felt weird saying his name. This is my guy, DP. <laughs> DP is in the building. Welcome. Thank you for coming on, DP. Yeah, it's cool to be in the ring with you like this and you not throwing anything at me. And you know, me not yeah. trying to smack no, you. No, no. Nobody so, wants to see that. <laughs> my guy DP here has uh, been a member now a few months, four, three? I'd say four. Four months? Yeah. Four months. And one of the things that I love about you is just your energy. You have great energy, super inspiring, just talking to you. And then we, I had lunch with him recently. And that lunch, I left lunch that day uh, feeling really inspired, but just I, not that I didn't admire you before I did, but I left feeling like amazing, not just with about myself, but you knowing, cause you shared so much stuff about that hard stuff that happened and how you overcame it and how they be, created stronger relationships with like your son, with your wife, with your daughter. And I was just like, wow, I need to have you on. And I think shortly after that, I told you, come on the podcast with me. And the reason for that um, is because I, everybody I have on the podcast is people that I feel we can learn from. And there's so much good stuff that you shared with me that day. Mm -hmm. The conversations we had, I'm like, I need to have DP on just to get all this knowledge for the world, not just for me. Mm -hmm. So how do you feel about um, being on the podcast? Um, Are you nervous? Have you been on one before? I haven't and I'm not nervous. Um, I think you brought out so a nod to you and you the energy level we were you know alike at that lunch mm -hmm. we talked and, a great conversation yeah and it just naturally brought that out in me so i wouldn't necessarily feel that comfortable with somebody to share to that level that quickly yeah. so a nod to you and and the energy that you have oh to, thank you to for inspire that. that as well no, it was really good yeah so give people a little background on you who you are what do you do uh, give them give them a little introduction about DP. Yeah, so I'm in my 50s now, and I decided to start uh, trying something new. Mm -hmm. And uh, boxing came to me um, at the beginning of the year just by doing some shadow boxing, some online stuff, and that brought me here ultimately a series of steps. But to this moment right now, um, I've man it's a long story uh i basically have a, a family live in roseville my wife my daughter live with me i have two sons got a couple french bulldogs that are become becoming the kids yeah never thought I, i'd say that but they're becoming they are, the kids, kids now uh, and we just have a really uh, a, a low uh, low adversity in in our lives mm -hmm. uh, we we're fortunate enough to have both be uh, it professionals and that provides a certain income level that supports but i think more our spirituality and having perspective that keeps us grounded regardless um, so i think i'm going to move into a philosophical thing and then i'll go switch on. back no go ahead go the, ahead the notion i shared with you um, we deserve peace regardless of circumstances. Yes. And that's one of the things I wanted to talk about with okay. you too, because I definitely want to come back to that and talk about that because I love it. That stuck with me the whole day. I'm like, you're right. But we're going to talk about that. I don't want to go into it too much yet. Yeah. To finish, so let me finish that thought. So I think we've done over time that being a phrase or a thought and done the work to develop that into our perspective, our visceral perspective of how yeah. we view our lives. Yep. live our lives and um you uh when did this what was the time frame when you started thinking with this we all deserve peace is this something new a couple years 10 years uh, you've always been this how long has this mindset been for you uh the journey has been probably about 13 years when i had an epiphany that i wanted something different yeah my which was a blessing many of us don't ever have that epiphany that there's another way yeah. Uh, and I really just this evolution of trying out this documentary, I think it was called, What the Hell Am I or What the Hell Is This? That started to piece together an understanding of um, the, another way, just other ways. So I became a seeker. Like I started um, thinking about 
the universe and that what the universe was made of. And then uh, that got me to start studying microbiology. It's like, well, cellular, what are we like? Yeah. And then I landed somewhere in the middle with the uh, Deepak Chopras, with uh, Eckhart Tolle's and these philosophical Gandhi, uh, um, uh, these philosophical it's thinkers. Became very spiritual. Um, I, I, I wouldn't say became very spiritual, but I was seeking. Yeah. So I wasn't really to jump in and say I was a spiritual person, but I, mean, I was you were curious and I kept going down the path. Uh, so that led me to about maybe four years ago, uh, A Course of Miracles, which is a program that I study now, which all that work positioned me for when the Course of Miracles hit me, it was like this series of light bulbs going off of where I am in my life. And that's what where the notion of we deserve peace regardless of circumstances is a foundational tenet of yeah. that. And it inspired me too. When I think of that, the complexity that many of us live our lives in, it just all falls away. It's like, or we can look at it this simplistically and go from there. Yeah. So this happened 13 years ago, your journey, that's when it began. How do you feel now, 13 years later, after seeking all that, gaining all that knowledge and following through with that? How do you feel DP changed 13 years of this journey? So I'm going to go back to one of the other tenets of the Course of Miracles. I'm going to call it ACIM, which it's known by. It's easier to say, of course, is that um, I... There, there's a notion that we are going on a journey somewhere. Many of the teachings are a path to somewhere. ACIM is uh, another inspiring tenet is we are already there. We just have an amnesia to what we already are. So in other words, I am already a child of God. I am innocent. I am loving and forgiving just conditioning through society and my upbringing has overlaid this oxidation, so to speak. ACIM and that journey allowed me the opportunity to restore back to what I already was, what we already are. Yeah. And that was like, you know, when I could create space and quiet my mind, I would notice these thoughts come up. And these things I never thought about that would just stop me. And I'd sit in these uh, these ideas or these epiphanies about life. And they're always simplistic in nature. And I'd be like, it, it could be something where I would call my son and I'd go, Justin, what do, you, what do you think about this? And he'd be like, Dad, ain't nobody think that way, man. He goes, slow down and help me understand. And then we'd have a great conversation about it, catching yeah. up. Or just with my wife, I'd read something, man, and I would just start crying, man. It would open up something within me. And I'd run tell my wife and go, hey, this is just what happened. And I'm a, like, in that 30 seconds, I became a different person. I am not who I was 30 seconds ago. So that's what ACIM has done for me. It's restored me back to I, who I've always been and who we always are. Yeah. And we all have that opportunity. So this is a course you take? Explain, uh, explain this so for everyone can understand what exactly sure. it, what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for asking. Uh, so it's it's a a course in miracles is a study that's out there. YouTube it, Google it. Um, it, it. It is a book. It's a series of three texts that are in that that make it up. One is the text, which is in essence the uh, the. It's the instructional manual for A Course in Miracles. Mm -hmm. So that's the text. There is a, a, a manual for teachers in there, which is now that you have this knowledge, what can you do with it and how can you use it? And then the third is the lesson. So there's 365 lessons in there that you read daily that are really that incremental, that micro build up into those shifts. So it's more of a, um, oh, the phrase is, uh, it's more of an evolutional process. It's um, not a revolutionary process. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it was that series of micro lessons that changed my belief system from complexity, drama, societal tendencies into 
love, forgiveness, and simplicity. Is it is it religion based? Is it like oh, Christianity or anything like that, or or is it what is it based? Is there? Yeah. So it the there are pieces of it that tie, but just in form. So we believe in God. Um, we're the children of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, we there. His Son is Christ, and then there's a Holy Spirit, which is the voice for God. But that's about where it is. I mean, many of the the, the teaching or philosophies have um, integration points where ideas touch each other. But um, I think I shared with you the Course of Miracles. A Course of Miracles is not about changing who you are, which I think that's reli- many of our organized religions are about changing who we are, doing things different. It's about changing your perspective of what you experience. So I can see, I can choose to see this situation Different. differently wow. at any given time. And in times of adversity, if you can create that space and just say, I can choose to see this differently, it allows you that opportunity to shift away from mm-hmm. anger, frustration, whatever it is you do into peace, love, understanding. So have you done this? Uh, just, did you do this alone and then did your wife end up individually doing it also, your kids, or is it just you? Explain that. Yeah, so I'll be honest with you. It's a lonely-ass journey, man, because yeah. it's you having these. It's a very, very much an individual journey, mm-hmm. and it's not out there. You're not going to go find a Course in Miracles study group like over there. Um, so for me, I, it's uh, probably been... Uh, I'm not going to say good or bad. It's been just an interesting learning process to do it on my own. There are people in my life I share it with, and my wife uh, understands the concepts, and she reads the concepts. Uh, So we have a shared understanding, and we can have conversations for it, uh, with it as well. But other than that, that's it. Yanyo. Yanyo. And I wanted to share with you the, um, the, the manual for teachers there's a passage in there about any time that you're sharing about the course, God is with you. So for me being nervous or prepping, there is no need because I feel confident that whatever it is that God's looking for me to express here to maybe reach somebody, yeah. it's just going to come forward. Otherwise, I'm overcomplicating what yeah. we're doing here and what the opportunity. What, what was uh, what was your adult life, your teenage, your life like growing up? Talk to us about that. What was your childhood like to teenage yeah. years and early adult years? Yeah, uh, so I'm, I'll am I'll start pretty normal up to my 20s. Uh, you grew up here parents. in this area? I'm San Jose. Yeah, so I remember you moved back and forth, you were telling me. Yeah, uh, so my parents have been in the same house since 74 in North, North San Jose. So they, my family structure, my core has been static, but, um, in the early 20s, we, I, with my first wife, we moved to Maui. We lived in Maui for about four years. That's where I got in the golf business. Yeah, you were golfing. I remember yeah. you telling me. So it, we put ourselves in a, a pretty good situation where I was working at Kapalua, the plantation golf course, which is, I, w- I would just tied for number one beautiful golf courses in the world. That, that's just a number I made up. But mm-hmm. uh, And then mm-hmm. on my off days, I was at the beach or I was golfing with with at the course so that was our you know we were month to month but I was in her 20s it didn't matter you know it was it we it was always working out um I'm just how long did you do that for well it was four years and then we decided to move to Scottsdale which we were there for two years then we moved back to San Jose with my family for some reason I can't quite remember and then it was like you know we never should have left Maui and then we 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 moved back to Maui for a couple more years um so I'm going to run through this real quick. So uh, and then when we were on Maui the second time, my wife and I divorced or split. Um, when I was in Scottsdale, I happened to meet my current wife. We worked together at a job and we um, had a, a friendship. We had kind of the uh, energy together. And um, in 98, when I was separated, uh, Carolyn and I reconnected and we've been together more or less. Well, since 98. So. We celebrate our 20 year anniversary in September, but we've been together for like 25 years already. Wow. Yeah, she's, Congratulations. A, she's a glutton. Thank you. Congratulations. <laughs> she split up quite a bit. So you got to, you. how did you end up in Roseville? So you went to Scottsdale, yeah. Hawaii, yep. 
how'd you end up here? Yeah, thank you. So in 21, we like made a decision where she was actually living in Scottsdale or in uh, Mesa, Arizona mm -hmm. at the time. She's from there. I was living in San Jose and it was like, you know, we got to figure this out. And we just happened to go to a friend's birthday in Roseville. And we're talking to a lot of people like, oh, they told us all about Roseville. And it was like, well, and then we ended up buying a house in Rockland in 2001 and been here ever since been here ever since and 11 been, years yeah we both in uh, we're both in IT so this being I, all types of uh, technology opportunities in this area has treated us really well yeah yeah kids grew up here and life's been great here yeah well we've had some adversity along the way but this area has certainly treated us well yeah yeah and I think adversity will find you everywhere that's true yeah, that's, that <laughs> it's not true. just in Roseville that's true <laughs> that's good so you have two boys, one girl. Mm -hmm. Are they all with your current wife or any of those from your ex-wife? Yeah, we have the his, hers, and ours. So my oldest, Justin's 28. Um, he's mine from the first. Mm -hmm. Tyler is my wife's uh, son, our, our son, but from her relationship. And then Maggie is 17 and a half, and that's sneaking it. up on 18. Yep. And uh, we're about to be empty nesters here soon. So you about to have all adults. Yeah. Yeah. I was how, think how, of it that way. How, how does that feel knowing that you got all your babies pretty much out? You know, you, you, you raised three adults yeah. now. Yeah. I don't think I've thought about it, but you know, I don't, when you're going through, when I was going through the events and the activities of kids, like when I coached, I was the baseball dad, right? And I was a soccer dad. But once I stopped being that, I didn't miss it and I didn't regret it, right? You just pass it down to the next generation yeah. to do. So um, I don't, I mean, we're, the perspective is that, you know, my daughter's beautiful, young, becoming a woman, and we're excited to see what her future looks like. And we're just, our focus is to be a part of that future. And that's yeah. about it. Those are the only, um, sort of not ground rules, but what we're, what our focus is, is at the end of the day, regardless of what she's going through or her struggles or what she wants to be, we just want to be a part of her life. Yeah. And how was it with your two boys? The, how was it being a stepdad in a way? How was it coming into that? And then how was it raising your son? Yeah, good question. Uh, so I'll start with Tyler. So we, he started living with us with, when he was like three, so it, it was a challenge, right? Anytime, and I'm sure there's people that will be watching this that have been in that situation. How do you navigate through the complexities yeah. of that? How do I, who am I supposed to be? And it wasn't natural uh, for me. Tyler was very different than my son, and they still are um, different. So um, Tyler was a, or is still to this day a, a unique personality type. Good kid, does uh, great decisions, put himself in good situation. We just struggled to find common ground for our relationship to thrive in. Yeah. Right. But there's still opportunities in the future, right? Mm -hmm. uh, Justin, uh, so where to start with that one? Uh, Justin is a heroin addict. He, so he managed to get through high school um, at, at, with addiction. Um, he's 20, I think I said he's 28, but he has, I think in December he'll be celebrating seven years of sobriety. That's huge. Yeah, it, it's a big deal. And he, he, it always sticks with me. He, when he tells his story, he uses the term real deal. So he was a real deal user. And uh, so we're, at this point in our life, we're just lucky to have him in our lives. Yeah. We, there was a lot of days when he was going through his in his addiction, I'll just tell you a quick story. And if it raises emotion, just bear with me. No, go ahead. Um, I'd walk down the stairs in the morning and he was out on the streets. He was out on the streets either in L.A. or he was out on the streets. And By out of the streets, you mean like he was just in that home? Or? He would go. So we sent him through the process, right? We found out when the day came where we found his backpack where his shit was in it. And there, there was a lot of signs, uh, you know, but we are, I think our thought was that it'll come to a head one day and for us to hawk him and beat him up and question everything and tear apart his room. That wasn't who we are. 
Um, but how do you how do you balance that with someone who's puts themselves in life life and death situations mm -hmm. regularly? Um, so it came to a head. We sent him to rehab. Uh, he came back. I actually drove out to Summerlin and drove him back, and so we could you know reconnect. And the next day he used, you know, and then that set off this series of um, him going to addiction, going, excuse me, going to uh, rehab, going to outpatient, uh, finding some level of success, struggling back and forth. And we let him back in our house. And, you know, a big thing in that community is um, having boundaries. And, you know, we had his little sister in the house and um, Did they all live with you? So you had yeah, all three in the same house yeah, during Tyler, this time? Tyler, by that point, had gone to college. So okay. he was away from that. But Maggie was there. They're uh, 11 years apart. So she was little. Mm -hmm. She was little. Uh, so when you... Um, you, said, you said the boundary. So you had the boundaries. Yeah, the boundary was you, you can't be an addict in our house, right? You've got to be in that. He just couldn't... Up, he wasn't in a spot to uphold that. So... You know, I think I share with you, you know, we literally had to say, you can't stay here. You have to go and watch him walk down the street like this broken old man, like hunched over with nothing and nowhere to go. So, uh, oh, man, explain that as a parent. You you know, that's rough. That had to be tough. Yeah. Um, but then you it's, it's tough both ways because you have a daughter to protect. That's home. That's, you know, so making that decision. Relive that moment for us. What was going through your head? What was in your heart? How did you feel? Well, you're doing like this Oprah shit on me now. No, I'm curious to know because no, cry. no, I don't mean to make you, you cry will. because I, it, I, it's it's if you don't want to talk about it, we don't have to. Yeah. But I personally, I know three parents that are struggling with this. Yeah. And I, I mean, I don't, I'm not dealing with that. So for me, it's very easy to be like, well. Send them to rehab, or if they're not going to listen, kick them out. It's easy to say for me because I'm not living that. I'm curious to know from someone that actually lived there and did that, I'm, it wasn't easy. It had to be tough. It yeah. had to be. How, how, how was that for you? Like what? So what, what made us all successful, because at this point, or to this point anyway, successful, is I think Carolyn and I didn't, my wife and I didn't make it about us. It wasn't our addiction. Mm -hmm. It was his addiction. It was his choices. We had, you know, when he, when he did his amends or we had conversations together because it was, it's the steps that got him through it. Mm -hmm. And then embedding with a, a community in, in Pasadena that was right place, right time thing for him as well. But uh, we didn't make it about us. So we, had to draw those boundaries we knew it was a right thing to do and then <clears throat> when um those situations arose we f we knew at our core what had to be done and we yeah. we held ourselves accountable to that um that i don't think that was difficult for us in a sense of making those decisions of course the emotion of it is never going to leave you and it's so counterintuitive as a parent to just watch your kid walk down the yeah. street with nothing. But, you know. Well, how was your relationship with him during that time when he left? Like, did he have anger towards you? Was he, how, how was he? Because I know now, and, and, and it was a, a big thing because you had to make that move mm -hmm. for him to grow from that because you became, and now you guys have a super good relationship. You said he's probably one of your closest friends. Mm -hmm. How was he then though? We know that's how he is now. How, how did he act towards you guys during that time? Was he upset? Yeah. Um, no, uh, Justin's a very, uh, very down to earth. Oh, that's good. Very eager to please. Uh, just, a, just a, a, he's a dude that dudes want to be around. Yeah, solid dude. The real you, deal. Yeah, I have a close, yeah, in, in that way, yeah, I have a group of friends. We're going on a camping trip this weekend, uh, 24 of us, and Justin's part of that crew now, and, and like they all can't wait to spend time with Justin and hang out with, with Justin, you know. So, but during that time, um, he so he just went with it. He just went with the flow and he did his best to fit in and be normal, but foundation we didn't have normal. So, you know, I can think of dozens of situations where he went to the bathroom for too long or we'd be driving somewhere at nine in the morning and he'd fall asleep or, you know, and I'd go, dude, you know, what the hell? And, and you know- So these course, were all the red flags. 
These are all the red flags, and he was, um, and addicts are, uh, master manipulators. So it was never about the thing. It was always about something else or me. Or if you were in it, it was about you. You know, yeah. stop. I'm not, you know, I, I would never, you know, whatever that set of things were. And that's a, still a difficult because, you know, being an op, being optimistic by nature, you want to believe that what he's telling you. That's true. But it, we, but you just know it's not right. It's like so. That's a that's a real difficult situation. But Hell if yeah. Justin were here, he'd say that was the absolute um, uh, support model that he needed from us to uh, to help him to be successful. Yeah, because he's doing great now. Tell us about this uh, brand. Tell us about your brand. Oh yeah. Um, so go ahead. Yeah. I'll let you talk about it. I, yeah, so um, a few years ago, a, a couple guys in, in SoCal started a brand called Don't Stop Trying, mm -hmm. and or DST is really what it's it's referred to. Um, but the, the the thought behind it and the message is pretty clear: Don't stop trying, right? So it's an inspirational message around uh, not just addiction but mental health, and. Um, even when, and you know, we all know, and I've seen this, that it's a dark, dark place for people, um, given these, these things that are put in front of them, these addictions, these, these health issues. So just the notion of just don't, whatever it is, don't stop trying, just yeah. don't stop trying. Um, so he, Justin, uh, actually took the brand over this year. And we're looking for ways to grow it and grow the website and just continue to get the message out. Yeah, they do a lot of cool. Like I'm looking at that logo right now. That's really, really cool. You know, they mm -hmm. do. We do uh, the, the shirts, the hats, dress. yes, pants yes, too, joggers, joggers. Yeah, the hoodies are the kind of the big ones. Yeah, that we sell. So, so yeah. Well, um, can we look at this for anyone that's uh, probably Instagram? Don't stop trying mm -hmm. and or you can find me maybe and I can hook you up with that. I didn't really think through that, but definitely on Instagram is where he does uh, marketing now and where you could, you could find the shop. Okay. Good stuff. Yeah. So you got a part of that. You, uh, this is with your son. Um, and then you said he's also a great golfer like yourself. Does your daughter and your wife golf also? Yeah. yeah? No. Is it a family thing or is no. it just the guys? Yeah. Um, well, Justin and I, because I was in the golf business from 91, so Justin was born in 94. So when he was real little, he was on the course with me. And I'd always be with a group of guys. So they'd always, you know, call Justin, hey, Justin, come hit the ball or Justin, come putt or whatever. So he was exposed really early mm -hmm. um, to golf. And that has been, he played four years of high school golf and he was using at the time, which is interesting. Um, in, in high school? In high school. Yeah, he played, for, he went to Whitney, so he went to four years. He, I believe, four years at Whitney he started. Um, and uh, we've just, it's been a foundation of our relationship ever since. Yeah. So um, that and sports, be it. And I know you don't like some of these teams, but Giants, Sharks, Warriors. Now he's a Raiders fan. I went the Niners way. He's a Raider fan, but oh, really? we're constantly texting or FaceTiming. Like the the you know uh, a player got traded on my phone. I'll, I'll get the notification, then my FaceTime will hit, and it's <laughs> Justin, right? And it's like, oh man, like, what the hell is what you know those yeah. types of things. So yeah, we've been fortunate enough to but golf five hours, six hours together, rooting for each other is it just a different type of it. And for, for parents that are looking to get their kids into sports, there's really no other sport or there's very few sports that come to mind that you can do together, right? Mm -hmm. Most one's a spectator, the other ones are doing. So golf is, and even the, the him and I golfing with my dad from time to time is, you know, how else do you, you know, how else do you get that together? Yeah, Spend I, that time and together. interesting, I never thought about that. That's yeah. true, that's something you guys can do together, no yeah. matter the age. Yeah, and it, it and we have fun, man. We don't take it too seriously. He's a big kid, and he hits the ball a long way, and he, he has talents, and he just likes to play with the guys and have fun. Yeah. How long you been? Um, so prior to you being in, in, how did, like, the golf even come up with you? Like, did was it, like, a family friend that got you into it? How did golf become a picture in your life? 
Yeah, so I, I um, probably like most kids, I would think, from I hear stories, their dad would take them out or a close friend would take them out. And through high school, they might play sometimes and, you know, just be something more that uh, I'm no good at, but I go out with the guys, we blow off some steam out there. Um, In 91, through a series of decisions, we got the thought to move to Maui. And on the back of my dad's golf magazine, there was this advertisement and it was a series of uh, uh, pineapple fields, just this rolling. And Kapalua, their logo was a butterfly with a pineapple in the middle. And it just said, coming soon or something coming in the plantation course. And something about that just spoke to me. And we flew to Maui when we moved to Maui. And I drove to Kapalua. I drove to the pro shop of the other course. And I said, hey, I wanted to put in, I wanted, I'm interested in work at the plantation yeah. course. And they said, hey, go down the street over there, go to that building over so there. So when you started working there, that's how you got into golf? I just went, well, that's, I got the job at the plantation course. It was a month before the course opened. And then I was in the golf industry. Boom. So then from there, it was, you know, all the golf you wanted all yeah. the time. And I was around, um, they had uh, 54 holes. So they had three courses and most, many of the staff members were from the mainland. So it's a pseudo family over there uh, in terms of just having people to hang out with, people to eat with, people to celebrate things with. So I had a group of friends, some that I'm still close to today, that took me under their wing. They showed me, you know, not just how to golf, but, you know, life things. Yeah. So that's where golf started. And I'll be honest, <clears throat> I suck for quite a while. But I I'm horrible at golf. Oh, really? Horrible. You can fix that. I, I believe you. Yeah, I believe you. I. I <laughs> Man, I, I think what's hard for me is how horrible I was and I expected me to be at least a little better. Mm-hmm. So accepting that was yeah. tough. Yeah. But yeah, I've, I've, I haven't done it a lot. I mean, I went like two times at a golf course and then I've done the top golf stuff. Yeah. But, but even at top golf, I'm horrible. <laughs> like, I'm just horrible. I'm just golfing is not me. Well, um, so that's, you know, enjoying golf and the camaraderie with golf has been such a big thing. I have, a, I've, I'm fortunate enough to have a big group of friends in this, you know, this weekend we're going, like I said, we're, we have events where golf is the center of it. So um, it's just, it's just a passion, but that's where boxing really yeah. spoke to me because I really found between other, you know, I, I did yoga for, for years. Yeah, we really, still got to do a yoga class together. Yeah, I was just I was just talking to uh, Alex about that. Oh, Alex. Yeah, and um, there's a lot of similarities between golf, for me, yoga and boxing. Combined. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, a lot of similarities. Like what? Name a couple. Um, so I think simple, but not easy. If you when I when you watch somebody box, it looks easy. When you watch a pro hit the golf ball, it looks easy. easy. When you watch somebody hit a pose, it looks easy. Yeah. Um, but definitely, it, says, it definitely it's looks easy. easy. But not simple, right? But the work, the underlying work it takes to get there, is difficult. Hard and one money. thing, uh, my my sensibilities around work or around it's called lean methodologies, and what it is is about eliminating waste and only doing things that bring clear value. So if you if you um, overlay that onto physical sports, it's how do my golf swing that does all this crazy shit and then I expect to get to the ball and my club face is perfect, right? How do I how do I eliminate all that wasted movement that has no value? to get to the ball to have it do what I want to do. So in boxing and you know, telling you about boxing, which is a little weird for me, but how do you throw that punch? Or how do you roll with no wasted movement and only value add, right? And that's what has spoke to me. So I can throw a jab, but how do I throw a jab that is value add, purposeful, Mm -hmm. and I get my head out of the way? Yeah, right, because it's coming, it's coming right back. And those are the similarities that I find that have spoken to me about about the, the, the three. How are you enjoying boxing? Explain the whole journey. I'm curious to know. You've been here a few months. 
Yeah. Tell us from before you got here to when you got here to where you're at now. Yeah, I wish I wish my wife was here because then you know, I spend most, a lot of time with her. We both work from home, so we spend a lot of time together. Because I would look to her and she would probably tell this inspired speech about how much I talk about boxing. Oh, really? And the gym and, and the people, you know, the, the team here. Um, well, thank you for that. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're welcome. Um, the question was, how did I get here? Yeah, so the journey to get here to when you're here to where you're at now. Uh, you, uh, a few months before here, you were just doing yoga? Well, I was doing um, the 10 rounds. Oh, yeah, 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 the nine rounds. Is that what it is? I think it's nine. I, I made up a new one. I think so you, I might copyright that. I think so maybe I'll you do. added a round. <laughs> Which, if you know my cardio, that's the wrong way. Yeah. So eight rounds. I was doing eight rounds. Yeah. And uh, so that that was new. And it's still going back to the movements. That would get into my head quite a bit in terms of feeling and feeling that thing a certain way. Yeah. And that, that resonates with me and that inspires me. It excites me. So going from there and we finished the program. And I was like, I think I'm going to go join a gym and we'll see this through. And uh, so I came here on, I put it off for like a week. And I was like, am I really going to do this? Then I came here on a Saturday and uh, talked to Dina and there was a class going. And I was like, oh, yes, yes, we're definitely doing this. Um, well, why, why did you feel that way? What did you see that attracted you? Uh, well, I've shared this with you before that you've created an energy and a team here that makes it easy to feel accepted and um, cared for. Yeah. So first and foremost, if you for some reason you're watching this and you're not doing this, uh, put down your vulnerabilities and come here because you can or bring up your vulnerabilities, depending on what the good one is and come here and uh, emerge yourself in this energy, you know, us uh, telling, uh, it's not uncommon for this place to be full of people. The kids are working out over here, over mm. here, and we have a class over here and people are doing their, their work over here. But it's like, I w it's not controlled chaos because chaos is a, is a shitty word, but it's just <laughs> controlled energy, you know, and I'll look over there and one of the younger kids is doing knees up, arms up, you know, and they're by themselves. No one's watching them. And it's like that, the discipline that it's been instilled here um, positively, it just fires me up. And I'll text you after a class and I'll see it and yeah, I'll yeah. go, man, I've, you know, my energy is through the roof right now because of what I experienced here. Oh, yeah. That's huge. Yeah. Thank you for that compliment. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's amazing. I mean, I'm, it's just a team. Like I said, everybody, Antonio, yeah. the dude, man, yeah. he's an amazing dude. Yeah. Coach Alex. Um, so yeah, I could, I could definitely understand where you're coming from as far as the energy, because it's not just me. It's just, it, it's everybody, everyone yeah. putting it together. And I do love seeing the little ones or somebody, cause typically you, you, you gotta push the kids and you gotta be like, Hey, come on, you gotta do that. <laughs> but when you get them to understand of why they're doing it, it's a lot easier than having, you don't, you still gotta push them, but it's a lot easier because they kind of start pushing themselves. Mm. And that's one of the things I try to educate the coaches on is get them to understand what they're doing. So it's easier to get them to do mm -hmm. what you want them to do, yeah. especially with kids. Well, yesterday you were here and you were having a private with- One of the kids, yeah, yeah. 12, 12 years old? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. Uh -huh. And it was just so fun to watch, you know, watching you do what you do and coaching him and inspiring him and positive but challenging him and then watching how it resonated with him and how he reacted to that. Even just coming out of the round. Yeah. Are you going to come out of the round like that? It's like come out of the round and then you shifted something in him in that moment. Yeah. So uh, it, it's amazing to watch. It, it might be subtle to some. But if you are at that energy level. Yeah. And I think you also understand it a lot better, too, because you're you're a teacher. You understand what a conversation or teaching somebody something, mm. what it does. You can see the difference. That's a good point. So you could definitely most people probably don't understand it because they don't have the eye for it yet. Yeah, that's a good point. So that's probably why. So you've done that. You've been here a few months. You recently started doing the sparring. You did the OG sparring. Yeah. Explain us what that, how that went down. And, what were your thoughts that made you even want to get in the ring? 
Yeah, and I was I was telling Scott that I I thought my journey was like by end of the year maybe I'll get in the ring, right? And yeah. then Coach Antonio was like, "Hey, hey, this is coming up, and I I think if we do work on a couple things, you know, you you'll be right. It'll it'll work for you." But he, uh, I, I, I was going to use the word earlier, advocate. Like you're, I feel like your team is an advocate for me, mm-hmm. and Coach Antonio wanted me to experience that to open up things within me and my, uh, to open up my boxing, whatever Mm -hmm. experience. Um, so when I got in, I wasn't nervous. Uh, you know, I just, we were working on certain things. Uh, I I got punched in the head pretty quick. (laughs) Right. And it's not a natural thing. It was the first time I wore the headgear and I wore the cup belt or in the mouthpiece, right. The mouth guard. So, it's not a wasn't a natural thing for me, but I felt safe. You know the the the, the group that we boxed with, we were all cheering for each other. Uh, I felt safe, and when you feel safe, you can have that organic, authentic experience. Yeah. Uh, and actually, uh, right after I got hit, uh, I was working on jabs, and I can't remember who I was with. He put his hands down. He sort of moved to the left. I caught him square on the nose with the jab, and my first reaction was to go. Oh, oh no! I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> and he's like, no, no. And the coach said, no, no. It's good. It's good. Like, oh no! <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. We're really doing this, you know. Yeah. So I got that one out of the way. But uh, uh, and that's actually a very common thing that happens. Someone hits somebody, they want to say sorry right away. Right. Which is understandable. I mean, that's your reaction, natural reaction. Yeah. But yeah, you're boxing. I mean, you're supposed to hit each other. Yeah, and it, it just <laughs> oh, it opened up. That was there. There's um. We can have knowledge, but we until we have the experience, we're only limited to the knowledge. Yeah. Right. So you know, and Coach Antonio, his wisdom was, you got to get in there and experience it to open it up. And yeah. It sure as shit did. How do you feel? Are you gonna do it more, or did that? How do you, is that a one and done thing? No, or? no, 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 no. Yeah. What's yeah, your it goal? Inspired me. You know, I was again. I was just talking about. I gotta, I gotta work harder on not getting hit, getting yeah. myself out of positions to get it moving. Um, that is really on the forefront on on what skills I'm trying to develop yeah. now. Is uh, I move, I know I'm moving, but I don't think that anything's getting out of the way. Yeah. So what? How do I not get hit? Yeah. And yeah. the footwork, you know, I I get moving out and moving around, pivoting to to to. You know, shift my positions, but when we're standing in front of there, I feel like my head's like the size of this table, man. <laughs> gonna, I got to figure out how to get that out of the way. Yeah, you'll yeah. get there for sure, especially yeah. with the training, because you've only been here a couple months. You know, it's not yeah. like, and this is definitely a process. Well, we we've shifted from, you know, and I I felt this earlier I, again. This was something. I was looking to do coming here and box, but now this is someone I've become. Yeah. Right. And that's different. Now I feel like I'm a part of this, that you're building that yeah. I, I have even just, um, with, uh, just knuckle bumping one of the kids that's next to me and I might be on the speed bag or shadow boxing and yeah. just, you know, I feel, um, that's awesome. Yeah. I just, I just feel like I can give back in really small ways to maintain or grow that energy that's here in any given time. For sure. Yeah. You definitely fit right in. You have great energy. Oh, thank you. Great energy. is is very, like I said, it's very inspiring. It makes you feel good. Yeah. You know, yeah. if I ever have a down day, I think I'm going to call DP. I'm like, <laughs> right. DP, let's go get some Mexican food. <laughs> oh, that sounds like a great time. <laughs> uh, tell me your favorite thing about Antonio, Coach Antonio. I would love to hear this. What is your favorite thing about him? Antonio, you see that? She, he doesn't have a favorite thing, Antonio. Get off your high horse. Not playing. <laughs> Not playing. I'm playing. Antonio's amazing. Let me hear it. Um, he, he's, a, he's a great balance of um, the the word that came to mind was humble or humility. <laughs> so yes. he can be a coach, but when I start to talk, like share something with him, he stops and he's focused on what I have to say. Yeah. And. Um, and we can sit in that conversation or he'll say, I didn't even think of it or just uh, the, the foundationally being um, that grounded 
and given his responsibilities as a coach, it's a it's a great mix. Yeah. So uh, we built a, a nice you know relationship here. I'm, I have a 4:15 with him today that I'm going to think about it all day. Right? I'm thinking about getting that time with him and him pushing me, me probably wanting to grow and do better for him. Yeah. And that that sounds weird because that's counterintuitive to a lot of things that are, but that's really the relationship. That's how I see him. Yeah. Right. And I just can't wait to get in here and. No, this morning, perfect example, man, of this place. Yeah. DP, when I, walk, when I walk in, man, and everybody shares that with me, and I see Coach Antonio, and he could, comes right over to me, man. It's just so, it's uncommon, man. It's yeah. really cool. So I'm really thankful for him, uh, and I've, I've got to spend time with all the coaches, and they all, they all are trying to make me better, yeah. whatever that means. Exactly. Make yeah. yourself better. Yeah. Good stuff. So we talked the boxing, we talked your family, we talked your uh, uh, you, IT, your traveling. Let's get into some fun random questions now. All right. Um, give me your favorite restaurant in this area if you're gonna go out to eat. Uh, Makuni. Makuni. Just easy, man. Boom. Just easy. What roll? Uh, I do a Judy two roll, but we've got this hand roll. But I'm a, it's like at the end of the day, besides ahi soft shell crab and I like hot crunchy soft shell crab man so we do a, a hand roll but I they I've eaten I'm, well I'm not that guy where I've eaten sushi all across the world I, I've never had better food than I've had at Makuni so that's awesome. our special occasion place yeah. that's good yeah shout so, out to Taro yeah is. I'm actually gonna have him on he's gonna be on the podcast one of these days so next question give me tell me something about DP not many people know um, well, we've probably spent a lot of time in it with my spirituality, uh, trying to think if there's anything else. And that's, that's a, such an easy question, but I think I've shared, I, th I don't think I'm a complex, deep guy in terms of who I am. I think maybe who I become, there's complexity within that. But what you see is is what you get. Yeah. I think, you know, I'm like that at work. I don't. I have a team of, uh, of about twenty underneath me, and I'm this person. If well, I, I, there's no, it, it, I don't have that type of energy, or it's inauthentic for me to be somebody else yeah. at any parts of my life. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. So if you can share anything with a, anyone listening to this, what tip or what would you tell this person? I, I want to share a thought with you. I hear it. Let right. me hear it. So let me share something with you. We were talking about um, your vision for over the next year, how you want to, oh, I'll just use the word change, maybe boxing, certain industries within mm -hmm. boxing. Is that fair? Correct. Yeah, yeah that's paraphrasing. Fair. And you were like, uh, people, when you tell people that, people think you're crazy. Yeah. And, I'm, and that, I, that stuck with me, speaking of things that stuck and I thought um, most of us, society is limited by this ceiling, this illusionary ceiling where we have to stay in these confides of certain norms. Yeah. Right? 100%. And there's, it's illusionary in nature. It, it doesn't have to be that way. But we, we just are conditioned for it to be that way. So for you to have these aspirations that are bigger than what people say. Most people aren't gonna know what to think because it goes against their perspective. It bounces up against how they've been conditioned to think. So people would call you maybe a visionary and you see things different than others. Yeah. I don't think you, not that you're not, but I just think you're not limited. You don't put artificial limitations on what can be. And that's where as a society we, where um, we have an opportunity to grow and aspire to more, be it your spirituality, being uh, your business, being just being a better human, um, to go beyond what our limitations are, that uh, they're, they're not required. We're not required to think that way, but we think we are. Yeah. So for you, if I tie that all the way back to you, uh, uh, I I can see that people don't understand what you're saying or don't get it as actually fueling you, but I hope that they never uh, 
cause you doubt or, or pause for doubt that you can't accomplish. Because I would be, that's where you would come to me and it'd be, fuck all that, man. Yeah. Go chase that shit and then come back if it doesn't work out and just take those learning. If it doesn't work out yeah. as expected. Sometimes you just got to make adjustments. Take those learnings and turn it into something new, yeah. man. So Thank you for that, DP. Yeah. No, it means a lot. Sure, I'm sure. definitely, I thrive every day on making a change in boxing. I'm really, really like, in general and then when i explain people the details and stuff what i want to do they do think i'm crazy but i'm i'm very determined yeah that's a good correct word determined to want to do that and why not and yep. if not you who's going to do it yeah so and he needs it. it to a certain level now we're expecting you to do it so you can't let us down exactly you can't. hey i like that i'm going to be like dp you're going to wear that burden yeah you gotta you gotta make it happen well thank you for that uh, dp for for that reminder also thank you for coming on and sharing your personal life sharing everything you know your story thank you for coming on the show is there anything else you would like to add before we end this anything you want to say or anything yeah i i think i've said quite a bit uh just um i'll go back to where we started where uh, we deserve to have peace regardless of our circumstances sit with that think about that allow that to burn in and see if that doesn't drive uh, a, a different yeah. perspective or allow it to try. Go into a little bit more detail about that because we didn't get you to explain that. Explain what that means to you. Explain it. Yeah, so I think going back to society and conditioning and, and religion has uh, social media, uh, the news has a lot to do with this, but we're conditioned to think that in certain circumstances we should feel like victims or we should be angry in you know our, our our country right now is there's a lot of really things out there that if you're looking to be angry you can be uh, angry you can be angry it's a perfect time for you to thrive in your angriness yeah um, but or you can choose to just be at peace regardless of what's happening don't allow what's outside of you to control your peace control your peace from within yeah i love that yep I love that. I was really good. And it's like boxing, man. It's simple, but not easy. And, but it's not easy. It looks, <laughs> but it's not. I 100% agree with that statement, though. It is true. We're very easily influenced to be, we can be angry, mad, depressed, whatever we want to feel, but we can all deserve peace. I love that. And and people are right there next to you to tell you, yeah, you should be angry. Yep. You should be. Oh, you're right. Be, oh, yeah, that does. That is person. Yeah. Right. And that's how we're all conditioned. It's done out of love. Right. You want to support other people. But sometimes supporting other people is just not saying anything. Yep. Just saying, hey, I love you. You know, For hey, sure. I'm sorry that happened. I love you. hundred percent. Simple. Keep it simple. Well, thank you for coming on. Yes, sir. Thank you guys for listening. Um, uh, this episode is going to air on next on, on a Monday. So I hope you guys have a killer week. Thank you for starting the week off for everybody on a positive note with DP. I'll be back here at 4.15. Yep. Have a killer week. Peace.